0: Hello, and welcome to the first ever, the inaugural Faithful Then, Faithful Now podcast. My name is John Croston, and thanks for tuning in. A little bit of background about myself. I used to write for the 49erswebzone.com. If you have not checked out that website as a 49er fan, you are missing out. It is a great resource for all things related to the team, news, statistics, tweets, videos, fan forums. It is, it's basically a, a one-stop shop for all things related to the team. I think I've been visiting that site since it came out in the very, very mid to late 1990s. And it has, it quickly became my favorite place on the internet to go to get 49er News because they were always the first to get it. They had, news from every different angle, every different perspective you could think of, and they've only grown and gotten better and better as the years have gone by. So again, check that website out and really why I mentioned that again is because I used to write commentaries for that site. Um but life kind of got in the way of that a little bit, you know, job, school, kids, all those things that that have to come first. So I put this to the side for a little while. And But as those things have started to level out a little bit, I've actually been able to kind of start thinking about getting back into the commentary business, but I didn't want to do the same thing I'd been doing before. I wanted to do something a little bit different, so it kind of struck me that it might be a fun idea and a good idea to start trying to get into the world of podcasts. Um, I used to, kind of back in the day, I think I started writing commentaries around about the time... The 49ers were in their last Super Bowl, and then I kind of did it on and off all the way through until uh, Chip Kelly was the coach, and then I kind of stopped after that a little bit. So that was kind of my first foray into, into writing and documenting and, and really talking about the 49ers, as I said. Um, I am a fully-fledged Niner junkie. Like I love everything about this team. I've loved this team since I was a kid. I'll get into that in a little bit here. but. I, when I love something, I, I tend to become a little obsessed about it, so I have I have tried to find every little resource, every book, every magazine, every video, I mean, you name it, I, I will, I love it about the 49ers, and I love this team, and it's just been one of the, the things that have kind of gone with me as I've grown up, is I've just always been a 49er fan, and there is... There is no end to what I would like to learn about the team, and 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 really kind of take that interest and just and just turn it into something else. Uh, if the team ever has an opening for a historian or something like that, I will be all over that job application. So uh, you might want to get out of the way if if they ever open that job because that's going to be mine. <laughs> um. So really, this podcast—what's it all about? What am I? What am I? What is my my goal here? And. I mean really it's just to offer someone a perspective on the team from someone who loves it that knows the game of football pretty well. Um, I'm going to cover all things related to the team so current affairs, things that are going on it right now, you know, with the team, uh, game previews, you know, what I think the keys to victory will be, uh, what I see key matchups being and and kind of what I predict it's going to be. Uh, what the outcome's going to be. Sorry. And then, you know, the flip side of that is to do a review of the game. So, what did I get right? What did I get wrong? What could the team do to improve? What do they need to keep doing to make sure that they carry on winning? Uh, that that sort of thing. Um, we'll talk about free agency. That's always a big thing. We'll talk about the draft. i the draft is another thing that I just I have this you know, great fascination with. I think it's fun to try and figure out what team's going to do what and how they're going to try and outdo the other and who's going to trade with who and you know what team's positions of need are and, and and what kind of play they're going to be looking for to fit their scheme and how that relates to the Niners by you know maybe who they might be targeting and and what who they want to pick and all those good things so you know I love the draft I love doing the the predictions like I will do a mock draft as the time comes closer and you know, see how, see how well I do with that. It's usually not very, cause it's such a, it's such a weird and wonderful process, but it is a good lot of fun. And it's always fun to talk about, you know, players I think will fit this, the team and what they want to do. And, you know, and then kind of look at, okay, well, they went in that direction, but that's not at all the player. I thought they were going to pick. So it, like I say, it's fun. I love, I love talking about it. It's, it's probably been such a fun thing because usually around about this time of year, that's what we're focusing on as 49er fans is like, all right, who are we going to draft this year? But of course, this season's a completely different thing. So I'm almost, I almost feel like I'm behind the power curve a little bit when it comes to the draft. So, so we'll see uh, how that pr- flows out later on. And then training camp, talking about position battles and, and things to watch for there. And I will give a, a stab at a 53 man roster and break down, like I said, who's battling for a spot, who I think might be a surprise cut. Uh, who might get traded, all those things that happen during training camp. And, you know, like I said, that's that's another thing I really enjoy is kind of watching how that, that training camp battle always plays out. I'd like to do some some historical retrospectives as, as these episodes go on. The Niners are a team that have a, a really rich history in the NFL, and one of the things I'd kind of like to do is like a, a this day in 49 history, this happened. You know, obviously there'll be some... There'll be some pretty predictable ones like, you know, obviously we'll talk about the catch or a Super Bowl win or, or, you know, we drafted Jerry Rice or something like that. But then there's lots of times when, especially in the off season, little things happen and then they tend to have this, this big impact that maybe nobody saw coming uh, during the course of the year. So uh, it's always fun to go back and look at that and like, oh yeah, I remember the day that Huh. I I always remember the day that that Joe Montana got traded to the Kansas City Chiefs because that was my birthday so so fun time that's not a birthday I remember fondly by the way um then we'll also look at some book reviews um there's been a lot of of literature written you know either about the team or about the team by former players so like Bill Walsh has written several books that that are fascinating reads I, one of them is my absolute one of my absolute favorites Steve Young wrote an autobiography a couple of years ago, My Life Behind the Spiral. That's a that's a great read, and if you haven't, you know, like I say, we'll maybe dig into that a little bit during one of these podcasts, and hopefully, I can uh, give you some good recommendations for some uh, some some must some must see reading uh, or must reads, I, I should say. Uh, and then we'll talk about like some. Uh, there's also some DVDs that have come out over the years. I own a whole library of them. So, like I said, I'll talk about some of my favorites and and why I like them. And again, if that maybe if that maybe sparks an interest in you to 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 go check them out and and learn some learn some more about the team. Then then that's like I said, that's kind of the goal. But really, all good things, all fun things related to the team. Uh, you name it we'll'll'll we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, I'll try and cover it during the cover uh, the the duration of one of these uh, these episodes. And again, if I, I have an email address for this podcast, so I'll give that to you at the end. But if you have suggestions and you're listening to this and, and you're like, hey, I'd re- I really like to talk about you know this, that, the other, whatever the case may be, just drop me a line on the email and uh, we'll definitely try and get to that uh, as we uh, as we go on. So about me, how did I become a, a Niner fan? Uh, I was born in the United States, but I was actually raised in England. Uh, and I was exposed to football, and as they call it over in England, American football, so there's no confusion, uh, through through Channel 4. You know, we only had four TV channels back in the day, which is uh, almost unthinkable in this day of streaming and and Netflix and Disney Plus and all these great online outlets that we have for watching tv and then you go to cable and you've got 200 plus channels that you you know you never watch 75 percent of them but they're there um, but we only had four channels and channel four was kind of the the new kid on the block and they were looking for things that hadn't been done things that they could use to distinguish themselves and, and one of the things they they found was american football and they discovered quite quickly that there was actually a uh, a a a good market for it over there. There was a lot of people that were kind of interested in all things American and, and what is, what is more American than American football. So, uh, the first game that I saw for the 49ers was around about, I think it was 1987 ish. And I just, I have this memory of the team wasn't doing very well. So whenever I, you know, first venture into something, if a team isn't doing so great, I kind of look at, okay, well, they're the underdog, so I'm going to root for them. And I just remember that the, the team was struggling. And then there came this, this, this guy wearing the number 16 and the red and gold and Joe Montana. And he just, he did the impossible and brought the team back to victory. And I just, this was a team I knew back then, even as a kid that I kind of wanted to watch and see what would happen next. So Became a, became a member of the faithful then, and I'm faithful now. I, you know, I've never, I, I've never followed another team since then. Uh, we, we English folk are very loyal to a team, so once we become a fan, that we're fans for life. And then, you know, through the good and the bad, we're going to stick with our team. Um, even though we kind of look at them and be like, I wish you were like this other team. But that is what it is. Um, I got to see them twice. Uh, for real in uh, in Wembley. So I got to see one. I think one was a preseason game. And that was a treat because back in the early 90s, that team was so deep that it was preseason. But I got to watch Jerry. I got to watch Steve Young. and I got to watch Ricky Waters because he was up and coming at the time and hadn't cracked the starting lineup. So even though the team was kind of playing the second and third string guys, it was still so loaded that, you know, I got to see, like I say I got to see Steve Young and other guys like that play. So it was good fun. And then uh, probably about I think 10 years ago, the Niners played at Wembley. Uh, they were playing the it was I think they were playing the Broncos, if I remember correctly. And I think that was Troy Smith, I think, was the starting quarterback. Maybe. I don't know. I don't really remember very well. But they won. I, I do remember that. So I got to see them twice at Wembley. And then I actually got to see them play once. I think it was 96. I got to see them play in Atlanta at the Georgia Dome versus the the Falcons. So that was fun. Um, one day I may actually get around to seeing them play in San Francisco in Santa Clara, but we'll 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 see how that goes. Um also in England they actually have several, you know, you may not know this, but you know, Gee whiz Fact, they actually have several uh leagues of uh amateur, you know, people. Just if you want to play American football and you're you're interested in it, there's actually there used to be at least several leagues that you could play in. Um as a kid, I played in what we called the youth flag league. So just flag football, but um I'm going to shout out one of my old teams now, the Cambridge-based Finn Harriers. I was talking to one of my friends that used to play on the team a little while ago, so maybe they're listening, maybe he's listening, and you know, there's your shout-out. You asked for it, you got it. Um, I've also played in a college league. There was actually a college league of American football in England, and I played for the University of Birmingham, the Birmingham Lions. And then I played in an adult league, and we, we call it the senior league, and it's not like you know, it's not like old retirees playing. It's like just senior league is considered anything, anyone 18 and over. But I played for the Ipswich Cardinals uh, back in the late, I think it was 99, 2000, 2001, something like that. But I do remember I, I won, I played on the national championship winning team back in 2001 for the Cardinals. So that was good. One of the things, and, and playing obviously will teach you a lot about the game, no matter where it is that you play. So that's kind of, you know, that was part of my football education and a big part of that was also that because our squads are, are not very big in England, like we, there's, there are plenty of people who like to play. Um, but we're not talking like 53 man rosters. I mean, if you break, if you break 20 players, you're, you're considered a big team and you're doing really well. So because of that, you learn to play multiple positions. And I think I'm pretty sure I have started at least one game at every single position on the field, left tackle holder, <laughs> Punter, uh, kick return. Like I, did all, I did. I did. I did. I did a little of everything, and again, it just kind of you get different perspectives from playing all these different positions. So it's you know it's fun to take that what you learned from playing and kind of apply that as you watch uh, the professionals do it. Not that I'm at anywhere near their level, but you know, it, like I said, it's fun. But my favorite positions were uh, tight end, quarterback, uh, outside linebacker, especially if I was getting to you know go sack the quarterback. That's always fun. And then safety, I liked kind of, I liked being, I liked being like Ronnie a lot and delivering that huge hit as, as often as I could, but um, those were my favorite positions. Like I said, I had a, a great time playing, but another note about England while I'm there, there are a lot of 49er fans in England because like I said, a lot of people my age, that's one of the teams that we grew up watching. So anytime you're watching one of these NFL and London games on the TV and you just, just kind of, as they pan to the crowd, have to take a look in the... Take a look in the stands and see what you see, and you'll you'll probably see a bunch of 49er jerseys, and 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 maybe Bears and Broncos and, and Giants, Dolphins, all the teams that were really really good in the nineteen eighties. You'll you'll see a bunch of their jerseys in there. So I just wanted to throw that out there for you know fun things, and obviously one of the topics we'll talk about is a pro team in in England. That's one of the NFL's that's on their hot to do list. Uh, I have my own opinions about that but I'll save that for another episode for another time probably in the off season when we're when we're trying to find things to talk about but before we get to the off season though we have this little game called the Super Bowl coming up and what who would have thought at the start of the season that we would now be talking about the 49ers in the Super Bowl what a year it has been I, I mean when I first started looking at this team this year my prediction, my personal prediction, would have been best case, or at least realistic expectation, would have been eight and eight, and and just keeping Jimmy Garoppolo healthy, continuing the development of the team, uh, seeing them finish eight and eight would have been, in my opinion, progress. Um, but my best case, when I when I thought, look, if everything goes right, if Jimmy Garoppolo stays healthy and and continues to develop as 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 the guy if the pass rush that we invested in in the draft and free agency, if that shows up and we can limit some of the injuries. I mean, good grief. This team has been so injury prone the last few seasons that if we could just keep everybody relatively healthy, then, you know, maybe we'd be 10 and six and at the end of the season kind of pushing for a wild card spot and maybe win a wild card game and then maybe getting out in the divisional round. But in order to do that, there were so many things that had to happen. And then on top of that, you know, a couple teams had to have a down year. Like if Rams, for example, if they had a down year, then, then maybe they, that would help us get into the playoffs a little bit. But uh, the NFC was so stacked this year with, with talent that it was kind of hard to see where we might fit in, but lo and behold, we did it, you know, and, and here we are. So, you know, it was great. I can't wait for Sunday. It's going to be a great game. I think I kind of look at this team, like the 1981 team, because there are so many parallels. You've got, Bill Walsh was in his third year. Carl Shanahan is in his third year. Joe Montana was his first full season as the starting quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo is his first full season as the starting quarterback. You know, there was a great pass rusher in Fred Dean back in the day. We've got Nick Boza, you know, not to mention the other guys that are on the defensive line. But you just, you see, as you look at it, you see all these parallels and it's really exciting. This is a team that, you know, even if they if they don't if they don't pull it off on Sunday this is a team that I still think we should be very excited about going forward I think they're going to be a great team or and, and they're going to be a dominant team for the next few years and then we're talking comparisons as far as the team goes I kind of look at it like that 1981 I think randy cross the old center called themselves the happy dummies because they were just like we're just happy to be winning and we don't really understand you know how big this is at the time and you know like i say there's kinds of comparisons to that team but there's also kind of an 84, 1984 flavor to this team. I really think if they win the Super Bowl, this is a team that we could look at and say, that 84 team and that 2019 team, they were that's going to be a hard tie as to which was the better team overall. But of um, course, the talk in 84 was how were the 49ers going to beat Dan Marino in the Super Bowl? Because Dan Marino was the next big quarterback that was coming through, and he broke all these records, and they had mark duper and mark clayton all these great wide receivers and how were the 49ers going to stop them and you know how are they going to slow down the offense and you know was joe montana really going to be able to keep up with dan marino um you see all that you hear all this talk today about the kansas city chiefs and patrick mahomes and how dynamic their offense is and how mahomes is going to be the next big thing at quarterback and you just kind of sit there and you wonder like are they really going to be able to just do whatever they want to the 49ers defense, especially now that it's healthy? I you know, I don't think the Niners are gonna have as big a problem with keeping up with the Kansas City Chiefs as some of these so-called experts want to have us believe. So when I compare this team, I, I kind of look at the 81 team in terms of, you know, the historical perspective, but there's a lot of that same attitude around the league and the experts that there was back in 1984 and everybody was crowning the Miami dolphins as the mm-hmm. champions before the game had even happened. And I'm starting to see a lot of that now with, with the Kansas city chiefs I, and no disrespects. I think Kansas city are a great team. I think Patrick Mahomes is a great, obviously he's elite quarterback is going to, you know, probably be around for a very long time here, but to just discount the 49ers and, and, and kind of say, Oh, we're just going to, you know, they're not going to be able to stop Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. I, I think that's kind of selling the 49ers short and what they've done. But, you know, in order for the 49ers to win, obviously there's going to have to be some keys to victory. And really the big key to victory for the 49ers is, is do what you've been doing because it's working. You know, the offense gets overlooked because it's not the NFL's dream throwing for 5,000 yards and having multiple 1,000-yard receivers and all these touchdowns and all these long these long plays that are just ooh and ah and all exciting and drawing the fans. They're an old school smash mouth, run first, old NFC powerhouse back in the 80s type team. And it's kind of how, you know, Bill Walsh back in the 80s said, well, you know what, everybody's smash mouth and powerhouse, I'm going to go with using the pass to set up the run and kind of become this pass first team that was kind of bucking the trend at the time. And here you have Kyle Shanahan all these years later saying, Oh, okay. NFL's kind of pass first. Cool. I'm going to develop my running game and I'm going to be run first to set up the pass. So it's kind of interesting to see how those two offensive minds have really approached building a team. But for the offense, like I said, keep doing what they're doing. They need to establish the run. You know, the chiefs are giving themselves big props right now for stopping Derrick Henry. And while they, they deserve it to an extent at the same time, the the Titans or the the Titans kind of took Derrick Henry out of the game themselves Derrick Henry was running pretty good all the way up until about the second half of that game. So them saying that they shut down Derrick Henry, I think that's a little bit disingenuous. I, I don't think I don't think that quite tells the whole story. And that's one guy. And while he is, if not the best, one of the best running backs in the league right now, the 49ers have got a stable of them. You know, you it starts with if Ter- if if Coleman is healthy, he's gonna be kind of the guy that they wear the defense down with and then hit him with Raheem Mostert and Matt Breeda you know, using that, that, that power running back to run them down and then going to the play action a little bit, letting Jimmy Garoppolo get the ball down the field. And then, and then using Mosta as, you know, your home run hitter has worked so well for them throughout the season. And I just, I don't know that the chiefs are going to be able to stop that. They need to not get into third down on, you know, third and long, like try to avoid that at all possible. You know, don't let that, don't let people like Frank Clark be able to tee off on Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, you've got to be able to avoid those downs. And, and just keep converting and moving the chains. Um, if you're going to do what they've been doing against the Vikings and they did against the Packers in the playoffs, they've got to score touchdowns with these these long, you know, pound it out on the ground drive. You can't set off a field goals against the Kansas City Chiefs when even when you do that because that's, that's going to end up, you know, costing you later on down the line. So have these long drives by all means. Use the ground game. Ground it, grind it out. Wear the defense down. But make, they have to make sure they score touchdowns and, and versus field goals and not just settle for the three points every time. Um, then when they do, once they've established that ground game, use the play action, take shots. Jimmy Garoppolo needs to be able to work the middle of the field, especially when you're playing the Chiefs because the weak spot on that defense is the linebacker. So once that running game's going effectively, you know, use that play action, take your shots. You know, work George Kittle, work Debo Samuel across the middle, and then, you know, I think that'll be a big part of them winning the game. And then obviously, like I say, the best way to keep Patrick Holmes from doing anything is to keep them off the field, so they just need to make sure they control the clock by doing all those things that, you know, I just talked about there with the run game and not getting into third down and taking their shots on play action. Defensive keys, you know, don't let the Chiefs run. They're not really a great, you don't really think of the Chiefs as a run team, but you also don't want to underestimate that, so, you know, they need to make sure they stop the run and and make sure that that's not something that's going to get them caught out in a play action or something like that later on down the line. People say, do they need to stop Patrick Mahomes to win? No, I don't think they do. I think they just need to knock him off schedule. They need to be able to, you know, keep the play in front of them and get pressure with only four folks, you know, on the defensive line. You know, we invest so heavily in this defensive line, so... It's important that the 49ers get pressure with just Nick Bosa and D. Ford and Buckner and Armstead. They have to be able to get that pressure with those four, and that way you can drop more people into coverage. You know, they're not a great—they're not a team—Robert Sala doesn't like to blitz a whole lot, but, you know, and in this case, I, I think that would be the best case would be to use that rotation, that great rotation of defense and linemen, and if they don't get to Patrick Mahomes, which, you know, he's not an easy guy to bring down in, in, in the backfield— So, you know, at least get his face enough to where they're throwing him off schedule and he's not able to just sit there in the pocket and have all day to do whatever he wants to do, because again that's gonna be a recipe for disaster. So if they can get pressure with just those four and drop, you know, and drop everyone back into coverage and just keep that play in front of them, I I think they have a great shot. As I look at it, I, I, I look at it like I looked at the Packers game and the Vikings game when it really what it really boils down to is the 49ers really just have to keep doing what they're doing, but the Chiefs, you know, the the opposition, there's so many different things they have to look for and watch for and be able to do that the list of things for the, for the Chiefs or whoever the 49ers are playing to do in order to win is so much longer than the list for the 49ers. Like I say, if they get that ground game established and they're carrying off four or five yards a carry like they were against the Packers, it's going to be a long day, I think, for the Chiefs, but that's just how I've seen it. And that's, that's what I've seen all season. And I guess, I guess we'll see, we'll see what will happen on Sunday. But I do think that uh, it's really, ultimately, I think it's going to come down to which defense can make that stop, which defense can just get that, that one time when they get the other team off the field. And when, if you're talking about defenses, I have much more faith in the 49ers defense to be able to do that. Versus, I do the Chiefs being able to stop our offense. You know, our offense is 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 more dynamic than what people think, and it's one of those offenses that has been top rated all season long. But people don't want to give it the credit. People don't want to. They look at Jimmy Garoppolo and they're like, "Oh, well, he only threw eight passes in the championship game." And as Kyle Shanahan said this week during during the Super Bowl, uh, the, the Super Bowl previews and everything was. Did you see how well our running game was going? I didn't need to pass. I didn't need for Jimmy Garoppolo to throw 20-plus passes in a game. So if as long as that's rolling, then we're going to be good. But if you don't think Jimmy Garoppolo can tear a defense apart, then you obviously weren't watching that crazy Saints game earlier in the season when Jimmy was just going all out, going toe-to-toe with Drew Brees. So it's not that Jimmy cannot do it. It's not that he's not capable. It's not that he's not a great quarterback. It's just that he plays on a team where he doesn't necessarily have to. And that's why we keep talking about the 49ers as the best all-around team in the league. And when you do the measure tail of the tape, when you just measure up all the teams and put them against each other, I feel like the 49ers are, are the best overall team. And I really think that's what it's going to come down to is all three phases working together to win the game. And when you throw it together as great as Patrick Mahomes is and as much as he can put the team on his back, I just I just think the 49ers are going to end up winning by by one score whether that be a touchdown or a field goal I don't know but uh I just feel like the 49ers it's just it's they've got a it's almost like it's just meant to be this season. So I think ultimately with all, if all those things go the way they should the 49ers will end up winning. So we'll see, we'll you know we'll be watching on Sunday and and hopefully the next episode we do after this i will be talking about, you know, the 49ers sixth ring and how great that will be and how that will feel so uh you know like i said we'll see what happens as you can tell i'm really excited about what's going down right now so hopefully you know this has all made sense and just not me doing some incoherent babble but anyway with that said thanks for listening um i expect this to be kind of a bi-weekly thing we'll we'll, we'll see as the as the year goes by it'll probably be maybe more maybe less it just depends on you know, where we are in the off season, like as we get closer to the draft or free agency or something like that, maybe it'll be more of a weekly thing. And then of course, as the season rolls in, then yeah, I expect it'll be probably a weekly thing. But um, again, just kind of get a gauge as to as to how often I'm going to do one of these episodes, but please, please, please give me your, your feedback. Um, Tell me, you know, what you think, what you would like to hear more of, what you want to hear less of. If you have ideas for episodes, I would love to hear those too. Um, I love to talk about all things 49ers. So, you know, just, you know, send me your, your messages and, and, and questions if you have them. And what, you know, if you want my opinion about something, just just drop me a line. And uh, like I said, just uh, feedback, feedback, feedback. It's always great. So just don't be afraid to uh, drop me a line. And where should you drop me a line to? Um, I have an email address set up specifically for this podcast and that is is 49 at gmail.com faithful now 49 at gmail.com like i said drop me a line let me know what you think what you don't like what you like a lot of what you want to hear more of what you want to hear less of and uh yeah we'll do this thing so once again thanks for listening and uh you know hope you have fun during the super bowl and enjoy it and that it ultimately ends up in a a 49er win that we can all celebrate next week and and just you know start the new the new decade off right so see you next time thanks for listening